Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Before School Podcast. I'm your host Tom Roberts with a special co-host Jay Later. Introduce yourself to everyone, Jay. Well, hey everyone, if there's anyone actually listening. Um, <laughs> my name's Jay Later. I'm an amateur stand-up comic living in Orange, so like the absolute central hub of pretty much fucking nothing. Um, and yeah, I've known Tom for, be going on like almost 20 years now, wouldn't it? Uh, no, it wouldn't be that long. No, Probably about 15. About I haven't 15. known you since I was like 12, but yeah, since I was about 17. Well, I'm sorry that you're aging quicker than me. That's not my fault. Um, <laughs> you're older yeah, than so me, probably about, Yeah, but who's the one in the wheelchair, honestly? Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay just uh, yeah as everyone knows we've known each other a while so i will insult tom left right and center but it is all done with love yeah and no, i don't i don't take it to heart very much i mm. cry myself to sleep but that's another issue yeah. altogether. well just as an example of how long our relationship's going one of my i think it was actually my first comedy gig um tom was the stage manager for it and I actually wrote a joke as I was walking on stage about Tom, just saying, oh, Tom, the stage manager, he's one of my best mates. He's really, really funny too. He's even funnier when you push him down the stairs. <laughs> it's great because everyone in the audience is like, oh, is that funny? They look over at Tom, see he's pissing himself laughing. And they're like, oh, shit, it's okay. We can, he can make that joke. The person <laughs> he's making fun of is laughing. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Excellent, excellent. Okay, so uh, I've devised, created, whatever, a brand new intro for this show. Uh, those who listened to my last podcast, the Full Metal Lockdown podcast, would uh, recognize my style. Anybody that's ever listened to my music, which I think is absolutely shit, uh, would recognize my style. But uh, here's a new intro. Welcome. 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 Uh, but, well, I didn't um, enjoy it either, mostly because it didn't come through on the interview, so I couldn't actually hear it. So I can't <laughs> say whether it was good or bad. I'll just say it was definitely an intro. Oh, excellent. But I'm a self-hating uh, artist, so I hate everything I do, like, completely. <laughs> Even uh, your kids? You made them. Uh, yeah, but they're not art. They're just smarter than me. Mm, true. Can walk better, <laughs> too. Um <laughs> Alrighty, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about, we should, I should run people through the, uh, through the uh, structure of this show. It's a co-host show, which means that uh, Jay is going to be available through the whole show, not just an interview segment. So uh, I've got someone to bounce off of, which is one of the drags of doing a solo podcast that you don't have anyone to bounce off of. Now, yeah, that's like that's one thing that I find like listening to one person talking and only getting one opinion. It is always so boring, and like having someone to bounce off is really good, especially someone who's a little bit random. It'd be in the nice way to describe me. And it just, so we are going to go on tangents. I am going to get distracted. Tom will probably just come along for the ride thinking, holy shit, why'd I get him on for the very first one of the Before It Was Cool podcast? But enjoy the ride. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I should point out that this is the second interview I've done uh, and it will be the second episode. Oh, fine then. Yeah, I'm sorry. You don't get that golden spot. Someone nabbed it before you. No, nah, it's all good. I don't have any star power behind me, and I'm sure the other person was a bit more famous than me. Uh, alrighty, so the first segment that we're going to discuss is a very broad segment, and it's argued by a lot of uh, either fanboys or nerds or fangirls. Uh, the first segment is Marvel. The first thing we're going to discuss is who's the best person that ever played or plays currently Spider-Man? Okay, so, like, I know this is argued a lot, and I will actually say, I'll say Tom Holland in an instant. No doubt from me, 
and like I've like before Marvel was really hitting the movies, like I was still reading comics. I was looking at the characters and stuff. And I believe that, well, actually I'll let you talk now and say your one before I just keep going and running on. <laughs> no, you can talk for as long as you want, but I wholeheartedly agree with you. I believe Toby Maguire was too old and he played it too awkwardly, although he did play it better than Andrew Garfield. Yeah, like- Andrew Garfield was okay. But to me, it was never a good fit for the Spider-Man role. Andrew Garfield was too cool. Um, yeah. The whole thing of, like, because you got to break down Spider-Man into two characters, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And he was too cool to be um, Peter Parker. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't that right fit. And he and Tobey Maguire both suffered from the same thing of being a bit too old for the role, I thought. Yeah. Tobey like, Maguire looked like a 40-year-old going to high school. Oh, it's definitely a possibility, but hey, they've done it left, right, and center in movies. I mean, look at the woman who played Rizzo in Greece. She was in her 30s when she was playing a 17 to 18-year-old. Exactly. And it's like, it kind of, like, it kind of takes the whole um, mystique of Greece away when you're watching it, and it's like, oh. But yeah, um, I'll say Tom Holland, like, he plays that brilliant, insecure Peter Parker who's trying to balance the thing of, I want to be a superhero, I need to stay hidden. Is this too much? Is it not enough? Like that uncertainty that he performs is fantastic as the Spider-Man. He's a great smartass. Like his smartassery as the character is fantastic. And even he's, further than that, like he's he's naivete of a like a teenager. Oh yeah, like, like have you guys have you guys seen that really old movie? I think it's called The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, like, old, and some, like there was this really old movie, it's called Alien. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And but it's funny because he then set, talks about the really old movie, but then in uh, Homecoming, he's excited to build the Death Star, and it's like, yeah, like it's he plays that beautiful, as you said, that beautiful naivety of dancing between a teen who just wants to live a teenage life, the superhero who has the great power, has great responsibility, and then that in between where it's like. I should be using this for my own personal gain, like him trying to impress people at a party and whatnot. But then yeah. him like, okay, I don't want to put people in danger. I need to keep this hidden, wanting to reveal it to the girl that he likes. And just that happy balance between superhero and horny teenage male that he has to try and balance perfectly. And he does that well. And I think Tobey Maguire did a lot of that okay. He just wasn't the best at being the teenager character like when in the second spider-man movie when toby Maguire is trying to balance work superheroism study the whole lot i thought like that acting was great and toby Maguire did it well it just didn't suit him and his look i guess would be the way to put it yeah the way i put it is toby Maguire uh acted spider-man very well Tom Holland was Spider-Man, was Peter Parker. Exactly, his. yeah, exactly. Also, I have a huge issue with the first three Spider-Man movies is that every enemy, except for Venom, who was just butchered anyway, had this little yeah. redemption arc at the end. And also, in the first or in the Sam Raimi trilogy, Tobey Maguire, I know there are editions uh, of, the, of the comic book that do this, but the majority of the comic books have Spider-Man shooting his web out of a uh, electronically made device, not a gland in his wrist. Well, see, like, that's not a huge issue. I don't mind deviation from the comics because if you're just going to retell the comic, it's still going to piss off people because there's the imagination of the individual involved. Yeah. I don't mind some deviation. Like, I don't mind, like, the fact that, like, Wolverine was six foot four when Hugh Jackman was playing him, when in the comics he was five foot four. Yeah. I don't mind a lot of that stuff. And the deviation there, like Drax not being actually a human, because in the um, Guardians of the Galaxy comics, Drax was a human who got superpowered to try and kill Thanos and all that sort of stuff. Like, I don't mind deviation from the comics. I don't even mind deviation in the comics. Like, um, the fact that in X-Men over the last few years, they've um, done where they brought the very first class of X-Men to talk to their future selves sort of thing. And you find out Bobby, a.k.a. Iceman, is actually gay. And, like, yeah. I don't have an issue with all that. Like, in the end, like, you need to make new stories. You need to keep building. If you want to keep doing the same old thing, just read the same thing. It's like if you go up to someone and tell them about, like, say, the stranger where you sit on your hand until it's numb before you have a wank, they're the kind of people who just jerk off in the mirror every day because that's what they do when they don't want to try anything exciting. <laughs> Fair enough. And also, like, 
uh, the credit to Anthony and Joe Russo, who were the ones that decided to put Tom Holland in the role. They saw him read for the role, and they thought, well, like, for the first time ever, we're going to put a teenager in the role of the teenager. Yeah, and you saw that in his place. Like, I don't know if Tom Holland's a comic nerd or anything. That He had that sense of wonderment being there. Yeah, exactly. Like someone who really digs the, like, who grew up or really enjoys the subject matter, and he's in there, and it's like, and, like, especially in the Civil War fight, he seemed like a wide-eyed teen, like, oh, my goodness, there's Captain America. Oh, my God. And just getting that excitement. And he portray- yeah. portrayed that really well. And it just came across so natural. I would not be surprised if he was actually that wide-eyed teen. There was an interview with uh, the Russo brothers uh, later on after Endgame, and they were talking about him walking around the Civil War set just afraid to go near Robert Downey Jr., afraid to go near Chris Evans because he was like, but they're superheroes. And I'm like, dude, so are you now. And he's like, yeah, but they are superheroes. Well, yeah, like um, like Tom Holland had a pretty decent acting career before this, but this is what's really brought him into the limelight, whereas yeah. the other two were a bit more established as well, which will do that. It's like um, I've had comedy gigs where I've been lucky enough to perform with some very established comedians, and I've just been like wide-eyed, just like, oh my goodness, I'm turning into a fanboy. I'm going to giggle a little bit if they talk to me. And I'm sure you've been the same when you've been discussing music and stuff like that with established musicians or when you met the Chili Peppers. Pretty much. Uh, mm. Although I kind of realized uh, the more I progressed in my career, the more, if I don't talk to these people, then nothing's ever going to happen. Yeah, so, you, like, you do need to make that first step. Like, and also to all the detractors of Tom Holland out there, they're going to learn to shut their mouths when Tom Holland finally, finally gets to share the screen with Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool and Spider-Man get to bounce off each other. That will be an absolutely fact. If they do do it, I haven't heard any confirmation, but would happily jump on it the moment there is. Deadpool the other thing 3 like- has been confirmed and it is joining the MCU. Oh, God, my erection's so big right now. Um, <laughs> and it's getting an R rating because it's being released through the Fox subsidiary. Well, even then, they can do it through um, Disney now because they've got that whole star sort of thing. Well, Disney owns Fox. No, oh, yeah, true. It's more a question of what won't they own by the end of the next 10 years. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Disney becomes the next, like, one of the next presidents of the United States, to be honest. Yeah, it wouldn't not surprise me. But we were about to say something. Like, the other thing I'd love to see with Tom Holland as Spider-Man is when, like, if, emphasis on the if, if they do a little bit of, not so much retconning, but prequeling with the whole Venom symbiote, and somehow we get to see Spider-Man with the Venom symbiote and see the anger shift... Yeah. I'd love well, to see him become a lot angrier as a character rather than emo dancy pants. <laughs> God, that was crap. Uh, yeah, they've kind of, there is no confirmation, but they've alluded to the fact, because uh, we should point out to listeners, Disney does not own the Spider-Man character. They are leasing him, for lack of a better term, from Sony. Mm. Sony owns the Spider-Man character. That's why they're releasing the Venom series. That's why they've got their black and silver movies in the works. That's why they've got a bunch of other things in the works. Um, Morbius uh, is a part of that, or is Morbius still owned? Yeah, yeah, Morbius is a part of that. And I'm jury still out. I think Joe Leto kind of put a damper on his, his comic book outings with his turn as the Joker. Yeah, but the thing is, you can say that, but then you can look at, okay, let's look at Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. Let's look at or Chris Ryan Evans. Ryan Reynolds and no, uh, I enjoyed R.I.P.D. I thought it was just good, dumb fun. But R.I.P.D. Yeah, isn't like a mainstream one. But it was uh, still a comic book character. Oh, yeah, but it's still, as I said, like not mainstream enough to really dampen that. Like most people saw R.I.P.D., with no knowledge that it was a comic book movie, whereas yeah, Jared Leto is the Joker. Everyone knows the Joker is a comic book character. Yeah. Um, and like Ryan Reynolds, as I was saying, is Green Lantern. That movie, like Ryan Reynolds was great in it. The movie itself was shite. And then there's others like Chris Evans as the Human Torch. Yeah, but to be fair, the first Fantastic Four was actually pretty okay. 
I think it had okay casting. I think it was – the rest of it was okay, very average at best. That's um, what I mean by pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like um, I'm not going to put someone's past into question. And, like, even Jared Leto as the Joker, he played a different version of the Joker. He did suffer a lot because he was going to be constantly compared to Heath Ledger, rest in peace – Amazing oh, performance. And, well, Queen Phoenix was afterwards, who then yeah. did a bit more of a prequel Joker and a development of the Joker. This Joker didn't – I think it didn't have enough screen time to p- properly get character. Plus, the character itself was also so heavily outshined between um, Harley Quinn and – what's his name? Captain Boomerang and, to a lesser degree, um, Deadshot, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Suicide Squad, the first, one, the first one was awful. Like, there was moments it was good, but it was just like, eh – but that being said, I cannot wait for the Suicide Squad, which is the name of. That's not a sequel either. It's been confirmed that it's not a sequel. It's just a. But reboot. It's still got Harley Quinn in it. Yeah, it's a reboot, but it's not a sequel with the same a lot of the same actors. But I cannot wait to see John Cena's character, who's already confirmed for his own spin-off show. That's but the funny thing is, love it. The thing that I'm laughing at right now, like, well, laughing on the inside, I don't usually laugh at anything you say, is that um, <laughs> you said you can't wait to see John Cena. You oh, can't see him. Oh, my God. <laughs> da, 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 da. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be awesome because it's it was uh, confirmed and made in that weird period after Disney fired James Gunn and before they rehired him. Mm. He, he pretty much went, fuck you, I'm going over to your competition. I'm making them better. And then that's Well, to be honest, Disney- it's not hard to improve, like, the DC um, ex- movie universe. Like, yeah. I mean, of the most recent stuff, the only really good one is, from what I've seen, has been Wonder Woman. Though I've heard positive things about the Snyder Cut. I haven't seen it yet. It's very long. It's almost four hours. Oh, it might even be over four hours. Fuck, so it's like Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings director's cut level. Yeah, and it's all done in 4.3 ratio. Uh, okay. 16.9 or whatever it is, is not there. It's uh, interesting. It was good. It was very, very long. And the okay. whole, they expanded, you know, that nightmare sequence that I... Uh, I think it's in Batman vs. Superman where Batman is in the desert world. They expand on that towards the end, and they reintroduce Jared Leto as Joker. Yeah, I saw that in some of the things where they reintroduce him. Like, And I don't know. Like, I think there's some potential for the Jared Leto Joker. It's just he's had to fill in, fill some big shoes. Someone else since has filled those shoes well to the degree yeah. that he will be a side note. Like, I think there was some potential there, and it wasn't hit. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, at the start of this segment, you said that we'll go off on tangents. This segment is supposed to be about Marvel, and we're talking about DC. <laughs> hey, we could have gone the full thing and gone like Dark Horse or something like that. So yeah, we're still like halfway there. At least we're still on like a comic book company in their movies. I was actually just thinking about Redemption. If you look at uh, Josh Brolin, his foray into comic book, the comic book world was uh, Joan Hex. And yeah, Joan Hex, and now he's also, what, Thanos, and he's also Cable. Yeah, exactly. He's got two major roles in major uh, franchises, although he's uh, dead in one of them. Yeah, well, one thing I'd actually love to see um, with the whole Marvel Universe, so Josh Brolin, he played two in separate things, but they're probably going to get slowly pushed back together. Um, yeah. I'd love to see him almost take on the Stan Lee role and he gets like a cameo where he plays a background, another character in a heap of different movies coming forward. Yeah, I reckon that role, because the rumor was that he was going to be a watcher because you got to see him in... We're talking Stan Lee be, or... Yeah, Stan Lee. Yeah, Stan Lee, yeah. Uh, we got to see him in Guardians 2 and he was talking to the watchers and he was giving a rundown of every Marvel film that he ever cameoed in, which is every single one, up until mm. the point that he died. And yeah. uh, the rumor is, because he's now been in four uh, DC uh, Marvel movies, is Matt Damon. Hmm. Yeah, that could work as well. Because I know he's on the set for Thor four or whatever. Uh, he yeah, played four. 
Oh, no, no, sorry, I had a different thing. And then he's also in, um, he was in Deadpool 2 as one of the hillbillies that are talking about wet wipes. Yeah, exactly. It's him and, what? who was the other guy? What's his name? Um, I can never remember his name, but he's from Firefly. Yeah, he's from Fire. Uh, no, I thought I had his name, but I don't. He's also in, like, A Knight's Tale. He's he's a great actor, Very, I believe yeah. very underrated. Um, Tale and Ducker versus, uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Yeah, um, it's a great movie. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff, and I wouldn't mind seeing him get pushed a little bit more as a more as an actor because he is really good. He's even in the Transformers series, the Michael Bay verse, where he um where he's the protector of um oh what's his name, the guy that's also in Mister Deeds that likes feet, the secret agent. Yeah. He's his protector sort of thing, and he's great in all of those roles. Exactly, he's uh, very underutilized. Just for clarity's sake, oh not clarity's sake, for momentum's sake. We should probably move on. Who will lead the next Avengers? Who will the next Avengers level villain be in the MCU? Okay, so um, I've got two main train, uh, three main trains of thought for this, and it is really dependent on the Fox Disney relationship. Um, you were saying before how Disney is loaning the Spider Man character. Yeah, is that the same for the X Men characters? No. No? Okay. They own them. They own them. Okay, because that's going to change a few things in what I'm thinking. So looking back through comics and stuff like that, looking at the next Avengers-level villain in the MCU, so the big, like, everyone come together to fight this sort of thing. Like the next Thanos-level villain. Yeah, next Thanos-level, Loki-level, um, or um, Ultron-level. Um, well, kind of, because if you look at it, in all the Aven- all four of the Avengers films, the overarching villain was Thanos. He yeah, was Thanos the one pulling the strings, yeah. yeah. So the ones I'm thinking of, I could I think the next Avengers level villain, um, I actually wouldn't mind seeing Scarlet Witch go into that role. Oh. So I've watched WandaVision, I love it, and in the um, comic universe she ends up like completely altering reality and i could imagine her doing that and not so much as a villain as in like like i thought wonder vision was great because it showed her grief and her anguish after vision's death and the yeah. process of that and then like at the end of that she then has to say goodbye to him again as well as her two children i'd love to see her go mentally just purely off the rails and just changing the whole world and it's the marvel universe trying to get her back, but her effectively being the villain character, like, I've had this much pain put on me, I'm going to inflict it on others, and then having the moral lesson at the end is like, just because you were hurt doesn't mean you should hurt others, and her learning from that and trying to make the world a better place. Because other than Loki, none of the real bad guys have had that huge redemption arc. And I don't mind a redemption arc when it's not used all the damn time. Yeah. But I think with a big villain and having that happen, it could be interesting. The other um, Avengers-level villains, and I'm sorry that I'm dominating this, but you said that I could. Um, yeah, you, don't give fine, me, you don't give me an opportunity to talk and just let it all out. It just goes for ages. Um, the other ones I was thinking is Onslaught. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know who Onslaught is, um, in the comics, once again, I'm sorry I keep going back to that. No, the, this is what it's all based on. Yeah, the it's comics. the source material. Um, Onslaught was the psychological... Um, combination between a very angry Magneto Magneto and a very angry Charles Xavier. Um, Magneto had ripped all the adamantium out of Wolverine's body. So I'm pretty sure I'm right with this. I could be getting it mixed up with a couple of things. So I do apologize if I'm wrong. Um, And Charles Xavier out of a sheer moment of anger, just pretty much wiped Magneto's mind. So Magneto's angry side comes out psychologically, spiritually, karmically, whatever you want to explain it. It's comic books. And Charles Xavier's angry side, his angry energy, I guess, they combined to make Onslaught. Um, Onslaught was a massively powered supervillain. Like, he actually separated the Hulk from Eric Banner and – not Eric Banner. That's the actor originally. Um, <laughs> I Bruce get Banner. confused all the time. I don't get it confused. It's just habitual. It's like Banner, Eric. Okay, yeah, I'm an Australian. That's the one I know better. Um, Plus, he played the Hulk. As well, yeah. But, yeah separates Bruce Banner and the Hulk at one stage, which could be a really good setup with the whole intelligent Hulk storyline we're going with at the moment. Yeah. The professor Hulk. Yeah. Um, it also had, 
And, like, it, it's a good way to have that combination of X-Men and Avengers fighting. Like, this guy, like, this is an example of his power for those who don't know. The Juggernaut charged at him, he punched him and knocked him into another country yeah. or across the United States. Like, it was a ridiculous amount of power. Creates a good, huge villain. It creates the good guys who created him, similar to Ultron trying to take him down. It's a good way to combine everything because it includes the Marvel Universe, but then ha- the not the Marvel Universe, of course it includes that. The X-Men Universe because it's, okay, this is a bad guy we created, but then the Avengers are like, oh, shit, this is a big, scary dude. We've got to deal with this big, scary dude. And then we can also have, because Juggernaut will then have a personal vendetta, we can throw in some Deadpool Juggernaut back and forth like we had in Deadpool 2, which was great. Um, yeah. Ryan Reynolds' dual rolling. Um, yeah, anything with more Ryan Reynolds in it is always good, in my opinion. If people don't know what we're t- what Jay was talking about, then Ryan Reynolds did the voice for Juggernaut. Yeah, because if I'm correct, they couldn't. They didn't actually have the budget to get another actor, so he just fanboyed yeah. up and just went for it. Yeah, plus Juggernaut outside of Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds' favorite character. Yeah, that's why he went. Why the Deadpool character went full fanboy. Yeah, exactly. Plus, in the comics, Deadpool Deadpool is a fanboy of Juggernaut as well. He's a fanboy of most things, to be honest. Like, yeah, the original reason he decided to become Deadpool became a superhero was because he was a fanboy of Captain America. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, Deadpool is the only character, or the only character that I know of that is fully meta. And he can see the outside world. He can he, he realize that he's fiction, and he yeah. knows everything about the fictional world. <laughs> oh yeah, like there's a whole series of comics called um, Deadpool Kills Deadpool. No, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, where he pretty much goes around killing all these heroes, and then eventually kills the writers. Which it, it's it's a great read. It is a lot of fun. But um, another character who actually knows about the comic universe, I believe, if I've if I remember correctly, it could be, um, but that's um, She-Hulk as well. See, I don't know much about She-Hulk, so yeah, I'll have well, to learn more about her. That's one thing I'll say is beautiful about the MCU is the fact that they're putting some lo- some light on these lesser-known characters. Yeah, uh, She-Hulk's about to get her own series. Yeah, and um, Bruce Banner's Professor Hulk is going to be there too. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is the biggest misstep of the entire MCU that Bruce Banner didn't get his own solo movie to create Professor Hulk. Because how cool would that have been? It's not like they don't have the opportunity to do that, though. Well, I mean, they've got that right amount of blank space where they can do prequel a la um, Black Widow. See, the problem is that uh, he's just like Spider-Man. The Hulk is uh, essentially leased from Universal, but... Because they've already done a solo movie, that one with, uh, with uh, what's his name? Which one, Eric Banner or um, Edward no, Norton? No, Edward Norton, that's his name. Uh, the one with him. But they're only allowed to do, like, I think it's one more solo movie, then they have to give him back. So, and the ensemble movies, which the only ones he appears in, like uh, Thor or all the Avengers movies, they don't count to his contract, so they are keeping him on as long as they need him. They're dancing around the topic as per se. They're just trying to do what they can not to give him back because they realise how popular the Hulk is. Uh, kids love him because he's just such a simplistic character. Um, he's got that very like basic um, superpower set that is so fantastic. That's it's, he's, he's a simple hero. He doesn't have death, he's just a rage monster who's actually powered by Satan if you actually look into the further comic stuff, which is actually pretty interesting. But um, I digress. Yeah, he's just such a simple character who's just pure entertainment. I think a lot of kids love him because he has got that mindset of an angry, tantruming child. Yeah, exactly. Hulk smash. Not to insult the Hulk. If Hulk has issue with this, it's not an insult, it's just how it comes across, please don't hurt me. <laughs> yes, I'm, um, I'm actually bargaining with a fictional character not to hurt me. I'm very concerned about this. In fairness, though, there is a living, breathing Hulk, and his name is Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar doesn't give a shit about anything. Like, you can insult him, and he's just like, eh, I'll be here with my money, my wife on my farm, like, I don't know, throwing tractors around. Yeah, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to find out where his button is, if you know what I mean, dude. To piss him off. Oh, yeah. 
course not. He's he's a UFC champion. He's he's a biological freak of nature when it comes to all the stuff that has come his way biologically. Ex UFC champion. I'm not going to try and piss him off. No way. <laughs> I'm a smart ass prick, but I'm like, no, I've got my limits of pissing people off, and Brock is amongst it. So you've mentioned two. Who's your third? There's actually four. I've realised. Um, another one, and this is another one combining the X-Men into it, is going the Phoenix Force. Yeah. So for those who don't know, there's a um, Cable starts teleporting through time, getting chased by Bishop. So those who don't know who Bishop is, he's the guy who is in Days of Future Past, when Wolverine gets sent back into the past. Um, dark skin guy with some dreadlocks and stuff. So after Scarlet Witch wipes out everything. One of the things she says is no more mutants. And the world goes down to, I think it's only 50 mutants in the entire world. Heap of mutants get depowered, all that sort of thing. And during that time, there's one child that's born as a mutant, and that is Hope Summers. But yeah, she's going to be the vessel for the Phoenix at one stage. Cable's trying to protect her and just keep and go through time. Bishop's chasing after her, and it creates the X-Men versus Avengers storyline in the comics however the phoenix force ends up not going to her and ends up possessing five members of the x-men being okay so there's been some video games and there's the comics so i might get this wrong um cyclops gets it colossus i think gene gray's a part of it but i'm not sure because it's comics she dies and comes back every single time um does magneto get it i I can't remember off the top of my head so i'm going to leave it there i'm not just going to keep doing guesswork but um and yeah and it creates this new sort of thing so it begins as x-men versus avengers and then majority of the x-men join up with the avengers to fight the phoenix force so it could create a good um two movie sort of deal of development and then into that similar to endgame and um infinity war yeah um the other big bad guy and i don't think it's going to happen but I would love to see it just because I'm a big fan of a lot of the characters involved is Null, the um, symbiote god, um, also known as the King in Black. Yeah, it could technically happen. It depends on the Sony Disney relationship, but uh, it could happen. More than than that, I just don't think there's been enough symbiotes to justify him yet. Yeah, well, hopefully if the Venom series takes off and it's... uh, it gets oh. more critical acclaim than the first one did, which in my book wasn't a bad film. It was I enjoyable. Hated it. I hate it for the simple fact that it cast uh, Tom Hardy. Not because I don't like Tom Hardy. I think he's one of the best actors of his generation. I didn't like it for the simple fact that it cast Tom Hardy, which took him out of the running to be the new Wolverine. Yeah. And the thing is, like, he's had a positive foray into comics before that being Bane. My uh, my theory for the next uh, uh, Avengers-level villain is uh, one that can happen, is going to happen at some point, the verdict confirmed that it is going to happen, but they haven't confirmed that he'll be an Avengers-level threat yet, is Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom's one that they could really go for. I'll talk about that more when we get to our third topic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Doctor Doom has definitely the potential for it. Um, and he's done that happy mix between like anti-hero, well, not so much anti-hero, but just kind of neutral character through to villain. And that does have a lot of potential. And the fact that they are incorporating a lot of magic into the MCU between Doctor Strange, between the Scarlet Witch, they have a lot of potential to do that. And I think it could really work. I do like your idea with that. I'm just wondering if the um, Doctor Doom characters just... I don't know, that first um, Fantastic Four has hurt a lot of the characters. He was also in the second Fantastic Four and in the Fantastic Four remake. My theory is that the character (laughs) is burned out. Like, he is, I know that. But at the same time, he is one of the, if not the most iconic uh, Marvel villain there is, outside of a few others. But... Uh, my thing is, in Endgame, Captain America retired, and uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier have confirmed that he has passed away. I haven't uh, actually watched the series yet, so thanks for that. Oh, that's a minor thing you have to read between the lines. It's not really a uh, spoiler. I could give you some spoilers if you want. No, 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 you do that, <laughs> and um, I will teach your children that Nickelback is the greatest band of all time. 
fuck you. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I also want to point out anything that we're saying, if it is a spoiler for you, I'm sorry. The stuff we're talking about is weeks to decades old. If yeah. you don't know it yet, that's your fault, not ours. And furthermore, if I've just insulted anyone that's a Nickelback fan, you deserve it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, my point is, at the end of Endgame, when Tony Stark died, when I, uh, Captain America handed his shield over to Sam, there was no one left to lead the Avengers. And I was racking my brain trying to figure out who the fuck can lead the Avengers. And Whoa. I thought to myself, Mr. Fantastic. He's got the money of Tony. He's got the brains of Tony. He's got the integrity of Captain America. And no, the only way to bring in the Sorry, Fantastic like, Four. If you've read enough Captain, of the comics, Cap, Cap, Mr. Fantastic is a really toxic character who I don't think, and he was never actually a good leader. Um, yeah. But this is going comics like, and if what the rumors are saying are true, they're going to actually put um, Captain Marvel as the new leader. Yeah, but no one wants that. See, I like Captain Marvel as a character. I think she's a great character. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. As a character, perfect. But Brie Larson is shit. Um, I'm not saying one thing <laughs> or another. Um, I I enjoyed the movie. And the thing is, the one thing that everyone needs to remember as well that you can never leave hanging is within Marvel, there's multiple universes. There's characters who've died who's magically come back to life. There's multiple dimensions, multiple realities. You've got characters who actively hop through those realities and change things who have the ability to. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Captain America and Iron Man make appearances in the future, either as cameos or as something greater. But I think that'll be further down the line. In a meta version of the world, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has got, I think, one more movie, and I think that is Black Widow. I don't know. I think he makes a cameo in that. Mm-hmm. And Chris Evans has three more movies on his contract. So he's going to, at some point, make cameos. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's um, his name? Uh, Sebastian, the guy who plays Winter Soldier. Uh, Stan Sebastian? Yeah, that's it. Uh, he's got the largest contract out of them all. He had 16 movies when he signed up. Yeah, great. That's the first Captain America. Really? No, no, I think there's still someone who has more in his contract, and that's um, Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. Oh, uh, yeah, but, like, Nick Fury makes cameos in the movies. Oh, I know. <laughs> Though the he actually- other guy actually has to do all the movies the whole way through. Hey. The, but, but that includes the TV series. Yeah. That being said, Nick Fury was a major player in a lot, like, what, Avengers 1, Captain Marvel. Like, he True. had enough in there, but, yeah, but, like, and yeah. uh, Iron Man 2. Yeah, Iron Man 2. I think that's it off the top of my head. Like, other than cameo appearances. Yeah. But yeah, where he's a major, major character role. who, well, pushes the plot forward rather than just like, oh, look, it's him saying something. Considering yeah. Samuel Jackson, usually you'd expect it to be a motherfucker. But, um... I love that, uh, the, the end credit scene at the end of Infinity War. Yeah. He goes, oh, mother... And then he disappears. Yeah, it's a um, much more amusing way to get snapped out than Spider-Man's heartbreaking one. Yeah, which uh, I've heard so many people over the years say that that's not the way Spider-Man should have gone out. The uh, the crying in his arms and pleading to Mr. Stark that he's fine. And I'm like, he's playing a 16-year-old boy. At 16 years old, what are you going to do when you know you're about to die? Yeah, you're not going to turn and go, fuck it, and pull out a bag of cocaine and snort that or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's 16 oh, years old. Like, I'm well, juvenile. Well, you're not juvenile. That's the issue. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, and a big prop to that scene is that Tom Holland actually was just told, you have to say you don't, you have to act like you don't want to go. That's the only direction he was given. And then he did that and broke hearts everywhere. Exactly. And mm. to me, that's what Spider-Man would have done. Uh, oh, yeah. He goes to his hero who he, he believes can fix anything, and it also created motivation for Iron Man to do things. Iron Man then has a kid of his own, feels that love, and then understands it greater. Yeah, exactly. And doesn't want to lose that again. It's beautiful character development for both characters. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, 
funnily enough, in the uh, in the same movie, uh, the day Patisa's Drax, uh, in the scene where they meet the Guardians for the first time, and <laughs> yeah, um, Star-Lord goes to Iron Man, uh, where is Gamora? And, he, and Iron Man I'll go goes, you one further. Do, who is, Gam- who is, who is Gamora? Gamora? I'll and go you one Drax, further. Why, why is Gamora? Is Gamora? Dave Batista thought of that on his feet. Well, and on his the back. Russo brothers decided to leave it. Uh, it was an amazing thing, and it is just so Drax. It yeah. is so appropriate. Like, I will say, like, Dave Batista as a wrestler was awesome. Dave Batista as an actor was eh until he became Drax, and he does Drax perfectly. Um, thank you for changing my not, my uh, mind, Mr. Batista. Um, <laughs> I'm saying this with all respect. You have done that role justice. You have been amazing. I want a Drax spin-off movie. Like yeah. pretty much before he met the Guardians and him just going through the galaxy trying to get his vengeance and just going Leading almost up to him going to prison and meeting the uh, Guardians. Exactly, exactly. Like him effectively going through the universe as like a combination um John Wick with elements of Riddick from Chronicles of Riddick. Just cuz he's shanking every motherfucker. Um yeah. And, like, just going full on, just trying to get to Thanos and just destroying all, all these generals, what created him, all that. I think it would be a fantastic movie. It gives the character of Drax the spotlight, which he needs, rather than just being a background character. Not a background, a supporting character. And I would watch the living shit out of that, especially if they do cameos properly. Like, even have a cameo where he goes to Earth and he's trying to chase down some of um, Thanos' generals and meets up with Deadpool and some of that back and forth. Yeah. Like the whole Drax, like being literal, Deadpool being anything but literal and bizarre, and some of the back and forth and the confusing and the just the back and forth in like a fight between the two would be yeah. amazing. Uh, that would be awesome, I would love that. And the whole mm. thing narrated by either Morgan Freeman or J.R. Jim Ross, that would just top it off for me. Well, yeah, having <laughs> the, the Jim Ross element. What I think they'd be better doing is not having like it narrated, have that fight, but then have a special like thing on the DVD if anyone buys DVDs anymore. Um, of having like instead of having like the um, like not just the director's commentary, have the wrestling commentary. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god, what a forearm! Yeah, yeah. It's like Deadpool has lost his head. By God, that man well didn't have a family, didn't have much, but had a very beautiful wife. Oh wait, he's reattaching the head. It's okay. He's back in the game, folks. Like it could be there is so much potential of Drax just going full brutal, not giving two tosses. Yeah. And just the Deadpool shenanigans adding so much more humor to it. And Deadpool being able to like calling Dave and Drax going, What are you talking about? <laughs> I am not Dave. I am Drax. <laughs> but uh, once again, for the sake of moving things along, we'll yeah, oh, yeah, shit, we're wasting time. <laughs> third and final topic of the Marvel segment: uh, Who should play the next Fantastic Four and the next Wolverine? Which okay. is the harder one of the two for me? Oh, very. Me too. Like I can't actually think of someone I want to play Wolverine as yet. Um, I thought of two and one of which cannot happen. Yeah, one of them was Tom Hardy, was it? Yeah. The other and who was the other was one? Travis, Travis Fimmel from Vikings, the Australian. Played Ragnar Lodbrok. Oh, I, I really like that idea. Because um, he's short, he's stocky, and he can be an angry motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Actually, actually you know what? I'm going to agree with you on that. I would love to see that. I think he could do it really well. I think he'd play it off really well. Um, he you just has to try and... contacts on him. Sorry? You would have to put contacts in his eyes to cover up those blue eyes. Absolutely. And, um, like, he'd have to try and be a lot more angry and sulky. Yeah. Which you can like, do. He showed that in Vikings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, he, to be, to be honest, like, his body... But with the guy who played, um, uh, what's his brother's name? Oh, Rollo. Yeah, Rollo's like character almost outside of like the rapey issues. <laughs> As, um, but with Ragnar's body sort of thing, that would be the perfect Wolverine because Rollo was a berserker and that's a lot of Wolverine's character. But then you've got the yeah. thinking side, which um, Ragnar's, Ragnar would go well. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I love that idea. I would go with that. 
Um, I couldn't think of one personally because we were spoiled with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say, like, I agree with you 100% there. That has a lot of potential. In my view, uh, Hugh Jackman, as far as the films go, will always be Wolverine. It is yeah. his role, and you can't really replace him. But if you have to go closer to what the comic books call we'll create- Wolverine. Create a slightly different character, like one that's a bit more accurate to the comics and one that will still stand out. Like what we were saying before, like so many people said that Jack Nicholson will always be the Joker. And then along comes Heath Ledger and he created a very different Joker. And then everyone said, oh, Heath Ledger owns the Joker role now. And then you got um, Joaquin Phoenix, who's like, okay, maybe he owns it. And uh, like you got to make it your own and not make it just a copy. Yeah. And, and that Jared is something magician is still trying to recreate his version of the Joker. He did say that uh, Suicide Squad would have been much better if the director was allowed to keep the original vision and Warner Brothers didn't step in and change everything. And the Joker character would have been so ba- so much better. That being said, another just a quick add, another Joker character who has been amazing is the multiple jokers in gotham although they weren't was it gotham but they weren't actually called the joker they weren't allowed to because of copyright reasons yeah but it was like oh wow like if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck there's a high chance it's actually a duck a swan oh that depends if they're babies but that goes into fairy tale (laughs) levels but no i love your thought for wolverine i think it's fantastic um i hadn't even thought of it but i love it I put a lot of thought and energy into that. Obviously, in my book, Tom Hardy is Wolverine. Like, the way he is now, he's got that hunched over angry look. He can act very, very, very fucking intimidating. And he's got that uh, the expertise to run a franchise like that. However, because of Venom, he's unavailable. And I would prefer him to stay as Venom because he does the Eddie Brock character really well. He does. Better than Topher Grace. Ugh, poor Topher Grace. <laughs> like he actually, Topher Grace could act. That's the unfortunate thing. Yeah, I liked Just, him in that '70s show, and I liked him in a few other things he did. I really, really liked him in Predator. And then what happened? A really, really bad movie. Yeah. Where it's just like, ah, oh, um, yeah, and it just absolutely bombed. Yeah. Um, but no, I love your ideas for Wolverine. That being said, just talking Tom Hardy, just to go on a tangent, I know it's such a surprise with us. Um, <laughs> have you watched Bronson? Uh, which one's that? It's Tom Hardy playing... Oh, the, about the prisoner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that several times. Oh, amazing movie. I was just wondering if yeah. you've seen it. Um, oh, I loved it. He should have been nominated across the board for that. Too, it was too small a movie to get that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Like, if people look back and give it, like, as a – not a posthumous because he's not dead, but a um, retcon, I guess, it could get it. But, yeah, um, it's never going to. But, yeah, he was amazing yeah. in that. Anyway, yeah. um, Fantastic Four. So I've got a list here of the actors I'd like to see for it, but I want to give a bit of context for it. So um, what I'd love to see for the Fantastic Four – is so they come into the MCU as kind of like age superheroes, almost like they've retired or they're just, they were heroes back in the day, kind of like um, the original Ant-Man and the Wasp, how they were shown as war heroes. I'd love to see them brought in as that, and that's what's influenced my casting. So as the Invisible Woman, I'd love to see Sigourney Weaver in it. Oh. Strong female character, strong female actress, well, rather than a male actress, I guess. Um, strong female <laughs> actor mainly using the look she had in Galaxy Quest for it. Obviously not the boobs out, but like the hairstyle and stuff. I think that would be fantastic. The thing, I've got to go back to Michael Chiklis. Yeah. And he was, he was perfect role for it. Like he played it in the original, well, not the original, but the more recent original Fantastic Four. And he was great. He was great. He was perfect for it. Just so everybody knows, there was a really, really shit version of the Fantastic Four made in the early 90s. There was also a really shit version of Captain America made in the early 90s. And Spider-Man. And And Spider-Man. I'm pretty um, sure there was an Iron Man too. uh, I don't think Iron Man was done. Um, There was... Like, there was the old Hulks and Thors around the era of um, Lou Ferrigno as well. Yeah. 
But yeah, seriously, if you want a good drinking game, watch those movies. Every time they say a piece of cheesy dialogue and you cringe, you have to take a drink. Um, <laughs> You're going to get fucked up. Oh, the amount of drinking you do makes the movie much better. Um, <laughs> okay, and here's the two really interesting ones. For Mr. Fantastic, as I said, going with the retired superhero or the age superhero, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I can I, say that. Because Mr. Fantastic is an arrogant motherfucker. Bruce Campbell plays the arrogant motherfucker really damn well. He's already yeah. got the hair that's right for it. Um, he's got the chin. Like, the chin makes anything better. Um, <laughs> and, like, the way that he would, like, in the comics that Mr. Fantastic would push his wife aside sort of thing, I think Bruce Campbell would be able to play that really well. And then, Bring a little bit of ash into the uh, MCU. Everything needs more ash. And in fact, he is in the he's in Marvel Comics, I believe. I believe he makes an appearance in the Marvel Zombie Universe. And he also makes an appearance in the Sam Raimi Spider Universe. Oh yeah, as the um, wrestling oh, the, commentator, and, that, and then he makes another appearance. Like yeah, he's in the major day of the restaurant in the yeah. second one as well. Hmm. Well, Sam Raimi, he has Bruce Campbell in so much of his stuff. It's like um, the whole like Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider sort of combo. Or like the just, Tim Burton, friggin' Johnny Depp. And before that, it was before it was Johnny Depp. It was um, Michael Keaton. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then okay, so this is an interesting one for the Human Torch. So the Human Torch is an arrogant person, like an arrogant person to the degree that he's a bit high on himself. He's yeah. he's young. He's still an attractive character, even as an age sort of character. So here's an interesting one for my thought. I thought John Mayer. Oh. Yeah, oh, I can say that. Yeah. Whether or not he's got the acting chops to do it, but I think he could do it really well. Yeah, well, he, he's been in a few movies, but he's usually cameoing as himself. Mm. But, yeah, actually, I, but the, the route you're going down, the older version of them, that fits to me. And then that makes me think, okay, because of what you said before about making Doctor Doom the big bad guy. So an aged actor to play Doctor Doom could be really amusing as well. Like, or like Doctor Doom, because he's got all the magic and stuff, he starts to bring himself back as a younger thing. Fantastic Four after coming, because like, okay, guys, we've dealt with this before. Wait, we dealt with him in the past. He should be older now, creating greater story. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Just a thought, but- yeah, just, yeah. I my my theory is uh, for the I'll start off with the Human Torch, uh, and a lot of people are going to cringe at this one, but uh, Zac Efron because mm. he is a cocky motherfucker. He has the build for it, and he can act. He can. Zac Efron. Sorry, I accidentally went to um. Zac Braff. Yeah, I went to Zac Braff, and it's like, what? He's cocky? <laughs> no, no, we're not talking Scrubs. We're talking um. High school, High school musical. musical, or um, what is it? Bay Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, to me, he's got the build. He's a cocky motherfucker. He's got the comedy chops, and he proved that in Neighbors with uh, Seth Rogen, and he can act like a motherfucker, and he proved that in the Ted Bundy movie. Yeah. Um, if they're doing the younger sort of version, like not the version that I'm talking, yes, yeah. that has quite a bit of potential, and I love it. Um. Yeah, and I also could see that. he's young enough to carry the franchise. Oh well, like, it's like I don't know if you've actually um, seen this. So there used to be a um, Fantastic Four cartoon in the nineties, and yeah. they didn't have the Human Torch in it. They replaced him with a robot. <laughs> Do you know why they took the Human Torch out of it? No. The people who were writing it were afraid that kids had tried to both emulate and immolate because of it and set themselves on fire. Oh, God damn. <laughs> so both immolate and emulate it. If, anyone appreci- <laughs> if you appreciate that language joke there, um, you're my kind of people. But I don't think you'd be listening to this podcast because you're too intelligent. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, The reason why the MCU is working so well is because people like you – People like me, people like my siblings, people like your siblings or sibling, uh, people our ages, our age group, we watched all this in the 90s in the, the nostalgia series. Pop. The nostalgia we pop. read all these in the 80s. We 
And when they came out, we were all 18, 19, 20. Mm. So, like, we were like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to go see that. Yeah, we're all excitable kids when we see something we like because, well, we have to look to the past because the future has no possibilities anymore. <laughs> but there's, no, there's no hope for the future, so let's look to the past of the things we liked then. Yeah, exactly. Except yeah. now I can combine them with tequila, which makes me so much happier. <laughs> uh, but my theory behind uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Mr. Fantastic, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Reed Richards. Reed Richards and Sue Storm is uh, John Krasinski and his wife Emily Blunt. Yeah, I could, yeah that's a definite. Because uh, the MCU have been begging for Emily Blunt to come in for years. She was the original pick for Captain Marvel, although I don't think she would have fit the role perfectly. Mm. But as Sue Storm and the fact that she is in real life married to John, it would ju- they would Here's play that off each chemistry. other. Like, look at uh, what's the movie called? Uh, where they have to be quiet with the aliens so I eat them. Uh, don't speak, is it? Yeah, something like that. Or, and and there's yeah, a the one you're about, about to come out. But uh, they played off each other so well in that movie. And uh, hmm. for the thing, it can literally be anyone because I'm so sick and tired, just like I was sick and tired of the, the uh, Uncle Ben storyline always playing out. Until they finally went, you fucking know the Uncle Ben storyline. Let's just move on from that and make Peter Parker Spider-Man already. Mm. My thing is I'm so fucking sick and tired of the Fantastic Four origin story. So you can literally bring anyone in as a thing as long as they've got a decent voice because it's going to be CGI anyway. And if they go practical with him, they're doing the wrong idea. See, I love practical effects. I'd love to see practical with an element of CGI to just bump it up so that he's still actually acting there with the people because that creates so much more of a thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, like for example, using um the Hulk. So what's his name? Um, Mark Ruffalo. A lot of the time was still on set with the suit on. Yeah. Not really. And that meant that people could interact with him better. Whereas you see where they do the CGI, where they've got like the ball on a stick sort of thing, like the dino ball in um, Jurassic Park 3, and it looks so much more fake. Anyway, once again, digressing. So you said the thing, you don't mind who, as long as they've got a good voice. Yeah. Um, but see, that's why I also like Chickless. Like, he has a really good voice for it too, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, even Chickless coming in to do the voice for the thing would be an excellent f- throwback as well. But for... Hmm. For Doctor Doom, I know he's supposed to be roughly the same age, but I'm thinking about something out of the box here because I think he can do a really good job of it. Is uh, a man that apparently signed an MCU contract a long time ago and was the original idea to be uh, Star-Lord's father in Volume 2 until they got Kurt Russell, mm. is Al Pacino. Dark hair... You can put the grey back into it and he can go off his fucking nutter as Doctor Doom. Yes and no. Like, I think Al Pacino years ago would have been good. Um, Al Pacino now? I don't think so. Like that, But, yeah, like, I see where you're coming from and I can see the potential there. Just, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. It was a bit of an out there throwaway, but... Like, no, I'd like, I think I it has I, put much theory into the Doctor Doom character. Uh, it was just more focusing on the actual four, the Fantastic Four. But like, it can literally be any actor that fits his, as long as it's not that dude from the originals. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, well, I'm, I, he was an okay actor. I'm just really sick of his shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you, and like. That's the thing when someone's already played a sort of thing and could be a good actor, but you're just sick of them. Yeah. No, I just had a thought, but it was a bad thought, so ignore. Um, so there anyway, no such thing as bad thoughts, just bad people. I love a lot of your views for the Fantastic Four and Wolverine. Your Wolverine view, <clears throat> love it. I think it's a great idea. Um, if anyone's listening, Tom expects at least some sort of royalty for the idea. Uh, <laughs> um. 
If you're not listening and you still do it, we know you are actually listening. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney has actually like tapped all the phones in the world, considering they're owning most of the um, movie sort of thing now. I'm waiting for them to yeah. own the news, own, and they own a lot of the news channels in the states. So, um, so ABC is this. the ABC US or ABC Australia? ABC US. I just wish um they'd hurry up and get Mickey Mouse out of um politics in Australia. Um. <laughs> See, you could be talking about so many people there. I know. That's that's how I can get away with making a disparaging remark. <laughs> Keep it vague and let the audience decide. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so here's the thing. This episode went way longer than Jay and I were expecting, so I've had to split it down into multiple parts. This is just part one, part two is coming up next week, and there may even be a part three, that's how long this episode ran. Now, next week we are going to be talking definitely about film, about our favourite movies, about uh, whether 1994 was the greatest year in cinema history or not, and we get into a very large conversation that you're not going to want to miss. So... For Jay Later, I've been Tom Roberts. This is the Before It Was School podcast. Go to Twitter, check me out. I'm Tom underscore Dom 89, T-O-M underscore D-O-M 89. Uh, or before IWC at gmail.com if you want to email the show and you want to inquire about being a co-host for an episode. Or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the before it was called podcast all one word inbox us with any of your concerns or comments on the show or whether you want to be uh, the next guest co-host on the show because i'm willing to have literally anyone on uh so this has been the before it was called podcast Thank you all for listening, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on TuneIn, whether you're on Google, Apple, or Podbean. It's available on all those platforms and more, and pretty soon, hopefully, YouTube as well. So, uh, once again, goodbye. Goodbye.